Checking in on the Peacock and Williamson mailbag today. Got a lot of questions about quarterbacks. So we're going to take that even further, looking into some advanced metrics on those quarterbacks. How are the quarterbacks performing through four weeks of the NFL season? And uh, how does that make their team's performance change, according to the statistics on today's Peacock? And Williamson. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson bring you expert NFL analysis every day in less than 30 minutes. Get an inside look into the NFL on the field and in the front office. With elite breakdowns, next level analysis, and in-depth information only for the real NFL fans. This is Peacock and Williamson, and it starts now. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson with you as always. Thanks for making us your first listen on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. All right. We got a full mailbox of questions about quarterbacks on today's show. Matt. And so we're going to dig into the quarterbacks. How have they looked? I think there's some big surprises as there yeah, is yeah. every season, right? You think, you know, what's going on in the NFL, uh, just wait a week and you'll find out you don't really know what's going on. So if you wait four weeks after an entire off season, uh, things are haywire around the NFL, but there are some things that I think, um, do make some sense around the league. I want to start with the questions though, on the quarterbacks. In fact, I'm going to throw one right out there out of the way. There was a question addressed to us about the 49ers it says it's week 16 Niners are nine and five or eight and six in contention for the playoffs Trey Lance is now 100 healthy do you put him back in there as a starter over Jimmy Garoppolo well Kyle Shanahan has already squashed that he said okay even if because there was a there was talk that maybe he's a you know it was a 12 to 16 week injury maybe Lance could be ready by the end of the year Kyle Shanahan was asked that question he said no Trey's done for the year he's going to get healthy for next year so that's done there now look he said that Jimmy was supposed to be traded too, and he's back on the 49ers roster. I guess, <laughs> I guess that's true. Right, right. Change in the NFL, like I just Both mentioned. Ones, yeah. yeah, take the temperature and then wait a week and see how much that changes. So we'll see. But as of now, no. Uh, Trey Lance, it's 2023 for him. Okay. I was actually curious about that. I'm glad you answered it because I didn't know the answer. And as, as you were saying, I'm like, boy, that'd be asking a lot from the youngster. You know, I mean, Hey, keep this train rolling, throw you right back in the mix, even though things are going well. I, I think you just ride with how it goes. And uh, thank you, by the way, to all the listeners that dropped us questions, whether it was on Twitter or in the comments on YouTube. We appreciate you. We're not going to get to all of them. We're going to kind of focus on quarterbacks today. Uh, here's one. Can teams do anything worse than not supporting their young quarterbacks? Why did the Bears draft DBs in the second round? Conversely, look at what the Eagles and Dolphins did for Hurts and Tua. Should teams support young quarterbacks at all costs? I say yes, Matt. Short answer, because you're seeing how bad right now Justin Fields is looking. And there's he's playing poorly, but there's not a lot of separation. He's not getting any help. It is, his number two wide receiver, Equinemius St. Brown, was a cast-off. He couldn't even break the top five with the Packers, who were trying to figure out the wide receiver position on their own. It's funny. I mean, I, we didn't ask for this question, but it sure applies to my team. And coincidentally... Um, I write an article a week for DK Pittsburgh Sports, always Steeler-related, football-related, of course. And my article this week was basically saying the second you drafted Kenny Pickett, and this applies for any first-round quarterback, but even more so, the second you insert that player into the lineup and make it his team, as the Steelers did this past week, that 
it takes a village to raise a quarterback. I mean, I'm talking ownership, front office, head coach, all the offensive coaches, all the defensive coaches, every scout, every lunch lady, the guy that parks your car, you know, the dude that cleans the facility, the strength staff, the guy that cuts the grass. I mean, everybody in the organization's goal needs to be geared towards making your first round quarterback a success. And that doesn't mean baby the young man and, oh, let me get that for you. No, I mean, there's some tough love involved too, but they always have to be conscious, in my opinion, from the organization head to toe about making your young first round quarterback work. No doubt. Uh, yeah. I mean, absolutely. Whatever it's it takes. Important because it's your job too. You can't right. sit there and say, oh, idea. Right. oh, it's too bad. The quarterback didn't turn out great. Well, guess what? Now you're looking for work as well. So mm-hmm. uh, it's it's in everybody's best interest for that quarterback to be successful. And you have to make them successful. And especially when you consider what the Bears did in the draft. And they drafted a corner who's a good player. They drafted a safety who was a good player. Sure. But how much is are those players actually helping your football team? You Former Bear, Tashawn Gibson, was signed – in the in week three of the preseason by the 49ers, he's starting on the best defense in the NFL, mm-hmm. right? You can find a starting safety. You know what's really hard to find is people Franchise who protect quarterbacks for quarterback. the next 15 years. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and protect that quarterback, guys who can make plays for that quarterback. And I think Tua is the best example because, uh, yeah, you know, year three and development for both Hertz and Tua, but they have two potentially star-level players that they can throw the ball yeah. to on offense, whereas the Bears have none. And Darnell Mooney is more of a number two anyway. Um, and then you don't even have a number. You're, you're throwing in number fours as the number two, right? And that's if you're fully healthy. So it, it's a tough situation for Justin Fields. And if he comes out of this unscathed and he's okay and he's a good quarterback, it'll almost be shocking because they've done so little to help him. And I know you're a defensive head coach and Brian Eberflus, and you're, you're trying to build things right and build a foundation there with the new GM, uh, Ryan Poles. And, uh, but the, the Steelers is the perfect example, like you mentioned, because they drafted the guy the Bears should have drafted in George Pickens in the second round, right? Like, yeah, right, right. He was there. It was such a perfect combination. A guy who can make plays down the field. He's a perfect, you know, rangy receiver for the type of player that Justin Fields is too. Like, you, you're going to look back at that and think, what the heck are we doing? Even if, um, you know, Gordon and um, who was the safety from Penn State they drafted in the second round? Uh, um, Brisker, yeah. Brisker, Jaquan Brisker. Good player, right? Mm-hmm. And fine players, but they already had a really good safety in Eddie Jackson. Uh, that, that was, in my opinion, not the way to go for the bears. This isn't right. hindsight. This was at the time. We're like, what are you yeah, doing? We said the same thing then. Yeah. So, uh, and it's not a shock. It should not be a surprise at all that hurts and Tua are developing before our eyes and playing better. So the bears this off season, whatever it takes, you know, if you have to drop your first rounder in trade, for a veteran, AJ Brown type move, right? If you have to spend part of your hundred million dollars of free agent money on wide receivers, then you have to do it. Uh, you have to do everything to make your quarterback successful in this league. And uh, we're seeing how important wide receivers are, and the teams that spend on wide receivers are not unhappy that they did it this offseason. Right. I think we're very fair to to criticize the Bears as we just did, and frankly, Fields has been terrible, and some of it's on him. I mean, I thought he would withstand this situation better than he has, but he's been horrible. Um, I will destroy this team if next – I mean, this past offseason, they didn't have money. The only big-ticket item they signed was Larry Ogunjobi, who failed the physical. They had no money. 
and they didn't have a first round pick because of the fields trade. Well, this upcoming year is a total opposite. So, I mean, if they don't really, really go out of their way, and if that means even overspending to save Fields' career or the next quarterback, if he's so bad they don't think they can live with him, I will destroy this team. I can sort of understand it this past year, but you still take pickings over the safety. I mean, you know what right. I mean? And it, it takes it, time for right. a wide receiver to develop. So let's say you use your first-round pick on a wide receiver this year. Well, he might not be that great until week or year two or year three anyway. Sure. So you sure. need some development time. And then by that time, you know, you're in year three four for for Justin Fields and they're probably moving on if, if he's not good by that point so right. I, I think it was I think the Bears dropped the ball and un, I mean the, the players they got were good players so that's not the issue the issue is the value of those players are, are did you draft a shutdown corner and an all pro safety because if you didn't you screwed up right and still does winning games 13-9 and never throwing the ball make mm-hmm. you a better franchise not really you know, like, let's see. It, yeah, we'll if, see. If Justin Fields is a complete bust, right, and he's not good, well, guess what you're going to have to do again? Draft the quarterback. And so you're still going to need those receivers and playmakers right. on offense for that quarterback too. Yeah, 100%. I mean, there's many examples. The Jets did it right, in my opinion, whether Wilson hits or not. I was critical of the Jags for signing Kirk and Zay Jones to the money they did. But now Lawrence has two NFL receivers. You know what I mean? Yeah. They didn't last year. <laughs> yeah, and the <laughs> Jaguars couldn't get anybody else to go there. So they had to overpay. Right. And by the way, there's funny money built in. Those guys aren't going to get paid as much as it looked like they were going to get paid. Right. So, And then the subsequent receiver contracts made them not look as bad either. Right, right. So, yes, to answer your question, short answer is yes, for sure, on that one. Okay, next, we've got a question about Geno Smith, Russell Wilson, uh, Goff, and Stafford, and how interesting those quarterbacks have played here in the first four weeks of the 2022 NFL season. Then we'll dig into some EPA numbers, some advanced statistics on uh, exactly how these quarterbacks are playing to start the 2022 season. When you're getting prepared for fall, you need the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. Create a job post in minutes at LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. I'm on LinkedIn. You're on LinkedIn. You know that that's the place that people who have jobs or looking for jobs are already going to be. So why not add your job to that purple hiring frame so your LinkedIn profile can spread the word, let people know you're hiring so folks in your network can help you find the right people to interview and eventually hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on the right candidates with just the right skills and experience. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the candidate you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That's linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thanks again, everybody, for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen every day. Make sure you check out NFL Key Predictions every Friday on Locked On NFL. Locked On's local experts give you the inside scoop on the five biggest games of the NFL weekend, including Sunday and Monday Night Football, plus betting advice from the field's leading experts bet online. Follow NFL Key Predictions every Friday on Locked On NFL, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Next question here that's going to lead us into a little bit of a rabbit hole. And Matt Williamson, mm-hmm. as he does, is working on some spreadsheets <laughs> as we speak. I got some in my email box this morning. Not a question, but let's take a minute to talk. Geno Smith outplaying Russell Wilson and Goff having better numbers than Stafford. Love the show, boys. Go Steelers. All right, we got a Steelers question. A Steelers wow. fan asking questions about the Seahawks, a former Seahawk, a current, uh, a current Denver Bronco, a former Ram, a current Ram, and a current Detroit Lion. Yeah, sure. That all adds up. <laughs> <laughs> and, and what's funny is, no doubt, uh, just watching their play on the field, looking at the numbers, Geno Smith is outplaying Russell Wilson. Goff is outplaying Matthew Stafford. Are we living in a bizarro world? Is this just too small of a sample, Matt? What's going on? Uh, that's definitely true. Uh, I mean, I had some reservations about Wilson, and not that he stinks or anything, but just what they gave up and at his stage of his career, and those are coming to fruition. Um, I will say Wilson played his best game of the year this past week, and I'm very excited to watch him tomorrow, although I think their best offensive player, Javante Williams, being out hurts his team quite a bit, and that would have been my formula to get Wilson and the offense back was go through Javante. Um, Maybe he's turning corner. We'll see. Um, but Gino's outplayed him by a mile. I mean, it really isn't even close. And there are some of these guys, you know, we're looking at EPA, Cooper Rush, Jacoby Brissett, Gino Smith, that the world looks at as backups. Mariota's not that, you know, bad listed here too. And I do think there's something to be said for sustained excellence for a quarterback. I mean, like the pitcher that goes through the league the second time, you see all the new film on them and you realize he still has this big weakness I can exploit. So I don't know that it'll keep up, but taking away what Geno Smith has done is crazy talk. I mean, he really has played well, has elevated the offense where we thought, you know, fantasy world thought, man, I can't draft Metcalf or Lockett. You know, instead he's elevated those guys. And I think Goff has as well. I mean, he needs to be protected. He, he found himself in a perfect situation behind that line and with great weapons. But even without Swift and St. Brown this past week, he put up a million points and is throwing the football really well, something we've always known he can do. Um, Stafford doesn't really worry me, but this elbow thing is a little frightening. And the Rams, if you want to look at EPA or really any metric, are like at the bottom of the league offensively. And that line is not going to get any better. So I tend to think these things are here to stay. Um, Here's something to throw at you. I think the answer is pretty obvious in Seattle, but I don't think it's as obvious in Detroit. If you have an early pick, are you still grabbing the quarterback? And do you have to do it this year? I don't... I'm not going to say that you have to do it this year, yeah. but if the quarterback is there, you have to take them too. For both so teams. That's the Lions cool, yeah. and Seahawks. Well, for sure for the Seahawks. Yeah, know, for sure for the Seahawks. You know, Gino, nice story, but you know, you've got to, you've got to continue to, to build that thing. Yeah. Um, but you don't need to go crazy and spend three first round picks to go get the, the play. Okay. Yeah. That's you a good way to put it. It's like, you know, if you're, if you're picking Sell eight, farm. if you're picking eighth and, there's a guy there and he's 6'5", 240, and you're like, this could be the next Josh Allen. You have to take that player, right? But you don't yeah. have to fight to get up to number one to take that player. Okay. That's probably yeah, the way to look at it for both these teams. Um, and it's funny because the 49ers did that. They had a quarterback, 
and they didn't need to go up and get a guy. And now they're sitting there with no first round picks for three years and a quarterback who's hurt and they didn't help themselves. And, I, right. you know, and, and, and until, until Trey Lance becomes a superstar quarterback, that was a bad process and, and a bad move by them. So you don't mm-hmm. want to overdo it going for your quarterback, but it's still a quarterback driven league. And it's important to get one of those top, seven to 10 quarterbacks in the NFL. It just helps Mm -hmm. so much. And if you don't have them, you owe it to yourself to try to get that guy. But if you feel okay and you feel like you're in the next tier and you're not hurting yourself a quarterback every week, then you don't have to go crazy going to find that next guy. So, yeah, I mean, if the Lions win eight games, picking 15th, 14th, whatever, um, I might, my move might be, let's run it back with Goff and draft defense like crazy. You know I mean? Mm -hmm. As opposed to betting the farm to get up the two or whatever, you know, you know the the whole Russell Seahawks thing that's interesting to me, and it kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier with the Browns and having weapons on offense. Would you take right now what the Seahawks have uh, uh, with DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Rashad Penny, um, you know, even back Walker, right? Yeah. Like, would you take that over what? The, the Broncos have in Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy. I still haven't seen that. I thought the Judy mm. breakout was coming. Still haven't seen that yet. Now it's Melvin Gordon, but they did have Javante Williams. Like it's not like Russell Wilson went to a better situation with his That's a good point. Weapons. And we're seeing that Geno Smith can facilitate DK Metcalf and D- DK Metcalf's still a freak. And so he can put up 150 on you as long as he's got a capable quarterback, which Geno Smith's capable. Even if he's, he's capable, yeah. I level back up, he's still a, a professional veteran quarterback. Yeah, and without Javante, I think I'd rather have Seattle's stable of weapons, you know. And yeah. I think – and I'm not – it feels like I'm cutting on Russ left and right, but the number of plays they ran in Seattle last year and the year before is remarkably low. Imagine what DK would have done in an offense that was middle of the pack just in plays run. You know, I mean, his numbers were great, and they were never on the field. Right, yeah. <laughs> and, and and you know what? And Gino has the benefit of a – a top 10 left tackle that they wouldn't have been able to pick if they didn't trade mm-hmm. away Russell Wilson too. Right. So, so that's the building yeah. block blocks in place to our mm-hmm. old conversation. Right. Like Justin Fields would have loved to have fallen into having cross as his left tackle. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? You Justin know what I mean? Fields would love to be in Seattle right now. <laughs> yes. And Charles cross and even their third rounder is looking pretty good. Abe Lucas at right tackle. Too. Yeah. And the next guy should like it quite a bit. I mean, whoever Seattle drafts, assuming they do, you know, even if it's the early second rounder and they got early, they got extra picks too. So, they're in real good shape, you know. I mean, it's remarkable made... about the the Rams though. On the the flip side, is the Rams don't have the weapons that I mean that that they Goff, have the resources. Goff and the Lions don't have the weapons that the Rams do for Stafford. Mm, I might fight and, you on that. Well, because in last week, there's a little more unproven. The Lions put up 45 points without Amonra St. Brown yeah. and Swift, their two best playmakers. So it was Hawkinson, and that's it. And so Jamison Williams is still out there. He hasn't played a snap. He hasn't played yet. So right. eventually they might have some weapons. And, and, you know, I think that's a perfect combination of a guy that can do it all short to intermediate stuff. And Monroe St. Brown with the guy who could just blow by people and mm-hmm. take the top off with uh, Jameson Williams eventually. But they didn't have that last week. They put up 45. So that's where the small sample of four weeks comes in because it was Seahawks and Lions. And when you look at the EPA, which we're about to for quarterbacks, when you look at those for defenses, those are the bottom two defenses in the league. So yeah, yeah. we have to let this normalize a little bit with the bigger picture of the whole season. But right now through four weeks, Goff is clearly outplaying Stafford. Oh, yeah. And Geno Smith is clearly outplaying Russell Wilson. Yeah. I mean, those two guys might go to the Hall of Fame. They've won Super Bowls. You know, they're making a bazillion dollars and they're worth it. But 
you know, th- those other two teams are kind of chuckling to themselves with extra first round picks in their pocket and, you know, youth and things to really build around. It's pretty enticing. And again, bringing this whole conversation full circle with what you have um, right now with the Rams, they do only have Cooper Cup, and that's about it on offense oh. because the running game isn't working. Cam Akers is, is not doing much. Their offensive line is bad. One thing the Lions do have over the Rams is offensive the line. Yeah, yeah, 100%. All right, let's take a, a further look into the statistics here. Expected points added, EPA for quarterbacks in the NFL through four weeks next. BetOnline.net is your number one source for football betting information this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. After four weeks, a lot of things are changing with odds for who can be MVP of the league, uh, who might be representing the AFC and the NFC in the Super Bowl, whoever the first coach is to be fired. How about Coach of the Year? You can find all of those odds on the NFL and, of course, weekly lines at bet online but it's not just about football either the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events including major league baseball mma boxing golf live in-game betting up to the minute scores for every sport out there and of course if you want to make wagers you need to be informed and you can do both at bet online so head over to betonline.net use your mobile device to learn more about all of the trends in action at bet online where the game starts all right, Matt, take it away. Uh, you've been diving deep into some EPA numbers and EPA per play. And for those who don't know what EPA is, it is ex- expected points added. So uh, if you're looking at, for example, the way we have it, it, the way we're looking at it right now, one through 32 for the quarterbacks in the NFL is expected points added per play. So it's on a per play basis. So the quarterbacks at the top are adding you know, a third of a point every play. So you could see when you take a bunch of dropbacks, how that could really change the final score of the game. And this is versus expected, which is down in distance and situation. Most quarterbacks gain so much on first and 10. Right? Yeah, right. And in this situation, this is what's expected. Exactly. And it's probably yeah. not a shock to anybody out there that Patrick Mahomes is is leading the way among NFL quarterbacks through the first four weeks on expected points added per play at about 3.6 or 0.368, which is point, you know, so 0.37 rounded up. So over a third of a point per play. So if you're talking about a baseline quarterback that is playing, that is uh, adding no points per play, just, you know, the baseline zero Mm dot zero. He's not adding, he's not subtracting. Right. Patrick Mahomes is versus that expectation per play is adding a third of a point per play. So every three plays, that's an extra point on the scoreboard that Patrick Mahomes is adding versus a, a baseline 0.0 player. And there's some negative numbers in the league as well. Right, right. I mean, so, uh, I, I mean, I'm not a math wizard. I'm not a stats major, but I play one on TV. You know, I like to fiddle with my, my spreadsheets, of course. <laughs> and, and again, uh, please correct me when I'm wrong about, you know, I'm sure there's some statisticians out there that listen to my stuff and go, you're missing the boat on some things, whatever. But I steal from others, and I learn from others, and I think EPA is great that way. I've often told you guys my favorite stat is yards per play. I think football, if you can break it down the lowest common denominator per play, I think that tells a lot as opposed to total rushing yards, total receiving yards. I mean, so but if you break it down per play, I think you have a really good feel for where these guys are at. So let's just you know inform people who's at the top of the league, who's at the bottom of the league, and 
there's a couple surprises, including those guys we talked about earlier. I mean, and Mahomes is pretty clearly number one. Two is number two. Josh Allen is no one we shocked is number three. And they're kind of in their own tier. They're the only ones over three point three. I mean, it's amazing, too, because Tua, they added Tyreek Hill, already had Jalen Waddle. It's the, Tua's the same guy as he was before. Yeah, right. And he's going crazy this year, right? And, and I know, you know, some people are going to say it's Mike McDaniel. He's an offensive wizard. And, and hopefully, you know, Tua comes out of this okay. He's not going to play this week. He, he, you know, there's a scary moment there with the, with the head injury. He's only played 132 plays all year. so Right, but you know. they've been explosive, almost as oh, explosive as yeah. anybody in the league. And he's getting the ball out quick and accurately. And both Tyreek Hill and Mike McDaniel talked about how accurate, how catchable Tua's passes are. So um, that's going great for him. Josh Allen was the perfect example. Like, if you are the Chicago Bears, go look at what the Buffalo Bills did for Josh Allen, going out and getting Stephon yeah. Diggs. It's so important to have those playmakers for your, your quarterback, a guy who can get open at the NFL level. Um, and Josh Allen's a, you know, is a freak and, and is put in a lot of work, and, and he's up there. Um, yeah. But here's what's remarkable is Geno Smith, and then Lamar Jackson's four. Geno Smith's fifth in the league right now yeah. in EPA. And, and he's putting up numbers, putting up points, and he's facilitating his – playmakers and he is well ahead of where in fact i haven't even found russell wilson yet i don't think russell wilson's even he's in the right t- in the middle he's 20. like actually he's about 20th yeah. yeah he's 20th overall it looks like for russell wilson yeah and you know just looking at some of these numbers i didn't realize gino he's completing almost 80 percent of his throws i mean 79.7 percent of his throws are completions that's good coaching in my opinion too that's your receivers getting open uh, helps to play the Lions last week. You know, I mean, there are some strength of schedule things here as well, but he's putting the football where it needs to be. And he's fifth. You know, I mean, he's not, wow, nice story. He's middle of the road. He's fifth. I mean, congrats. Any other takeaways from the folks at the top of the list? I think Jared Goff, just, just bringing up the ones that have been mentioned today, Jared Goff is about 10 and Matthew Stafford's down at 25 or so. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple, I mean, Hertz is right behind those guys, as you'd imagine. He's been great. He's in the MVP category. Uh, Lawrence, despite a rough week, is right behind them. I think that's very encouraging. Brissett and Rush, Cooper Rush, are right next to each other at 10 and 11. I don't know that that's going to hold up as well as Gino, but mm-hmm. they're getting the job done and they're being efficient. The EPA is about efficiency. I just need Brissett and Rush to be efficient, and that's what they're doing. They're doing what they're coached to do, so that stood out to me too. Justin Herbert, obviously, he's got the the rib injury. Mm-hmm. He's playing through it. He's leading the NFL in passing yards right yeah. now, and he's also leading the league, I think, in pass attempts. Maybe second to yeah, he's second by they two never attempts run the ball. Yeah, to Josh Allen. Right. But yeah. then they got uh, they got the the running backs a little bit more involved last week last week, and I think that was really important for the Chargers going forward, not to put everything on Justin Herbert. Yeah, but he's going to have to do that with Slater out and Bosa, and they don't run the football and. I also think his partner in crime here, Burrow, who's right behind him on this list, despite that awful showing against the Steelers, pick after pick after pick, he's starting to climb back up this list, and he looks like the player we thought he was going to be. How about the bottom? Coming in at number 32, Baker Mayfield. He's horrible. I mean, it it seemed like J.J. Watt batted down every pass he threw. Um, He he can't see. He can't play around the, the, the trees. His accuracy is poor. 
he thinks he's a better athlete than he is. You know, he is horrendous. And I think that's clearly the worst offense in the league. Well, maybe not clearly. There's a lot of bad offenses, but they're a real strong case to be the worst offense in the league, which is unacceptable with DJ Moore and Christian McCaffrey and a rebuilt line. I mean, yeah. really bad. You know what's hilarious, though, to me is we've talked about how Kirk Cousins is sort of the Mendoza line for what you want your good starting quarterback to be. And if you have mm-hmm. Kirk Cousins, you're trying to get better. But some teams would love to have Kirk Cousins. It's hilarious that looking at EPA, he's the closest to zero in the entire league. Is he really? That's who he is. And that's fine. It just gives you a bit of a ceiling. Interesting. Uh, Davis Mills, Mitch Trubisky, Justin Fields. Uh, those are the bottom four in the NFL. I don't think that's very, uh, very yeah. surprising, but it's amazing how much worse Baker Mayfield is. He's more than twice on the negative side of Justin Fields. Right. I mean, that's remarkable. Minus, minus, minus 0.21. So that means 0.2 points per play right. worse than expected. Is what right. Baker Mayfield's doing per snap. That's yeah, that's very I, bad. I mean, what we're looking at here, like Flacco is fifth worst. The Panthers would kill to have Mitch Trubisky or Joe Flacco. I mean, that's how bad it is right now. <laughs> I mean, it's or Wentz, you know, and Wentz this, is down here. This isn't all on quarterback, and a lot of people no. I, I, I have talked about how um, you know, really good coaches, really good coordinators can prop up. This is you know, as much of a, a coordinator offense. It's not just on quarterback, but. Sure. It is pretty important for quarterbacks as well. Um, they're they're the biggest part of of all of this. So this is all is in the offense entirety. But of course, like we mentioned, it matters if you have an offensive line. It matters if you have a good coach. It matters if you have playmakers for those quarterbacks as well. Yep. Uh, my last note. I know we're up against it. Is two guys in the middle I find interesting. This fella named three in a row actually. Wilson, Brady, Rogers are at 18, 19, 20. Yeah, they've had some success in this league. Right, yeah, and haven't been putting up a ton of points so far this mm-hmm. season. We'll see if that stuff normalizes when we get a bigger sample later in the year. Uh, tomorrow, it is time to preview week five, and we'll be here with you every step of the way in Peacock and Williamson.